You are listening to selfdiscoverymedia.com, where illumination and inspiration is but a click away. With so many genre topics for you on everything that you need to know in life, we celebrate and share the people who have taken the journey before you and who are now here to serve you with their wisdom and their knowledge. The next show coming up is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Your Health is Your Choice here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and this is my second episode with Mary Taco. Vaccinations. Our first show was, why do we vaccinate? Is it necessary? How did vaccinations come about? What is the history behind it? Who's involved? Why are they pushing it? Please go back and listen to it. There's an awful lot of information for you to learn there. Today, it's all about ingredients. What do they put in the vaccinations? Now, we talked about in our first show that we had the polio shot when we were young and um, we had measles and we had mumps. And once you had that, you were meant to be immune to it. And, you know, a lot of this stuff was childhood diseases that you just let, you know, go through. And we were okay with whatever vaccinations we had because they were directional, basically just tended to that particular disease. But today, when we see the ingredients in vaccination shots, it is mind-blowing. Rather like when they had to unravel what was in a cigarette. Arsenic? Really? And you still want to smoke? Well, it's the same type of principle here with the vaccines. Will you be rushing off to get your child vaccinated or you having any vaccinations once you hear this show? Now, we're not the anti-anti-vaccine. What we're trying to do is educate you here as to you making your own choice. After all, it is your health or the health of your child. So today, it is about what's the ingredients, but don't lose hope because the next show is going to be on how to build our immune system so that we do not lay ourselves subject to any of those diseases out there. So welcome to the show, Mary. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you again, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's a tough subject. I know there's so many people that are, you know, anti the anti-vacciners and pro-vaccine. And if we don't, I mean, we have a world that's going to be full of diseases. And the principle behind vaccines was probably a good idea. But as usual, when basically pharmaceutical gets involved, it loses all of its purpose. And we have some ingredients today in vaccinations that are just mind-blowing, scary mind-blowing. The stage is yours, my dear. Yes. Well, first of all, even the polio vaccine that we first received when we were babies mm -hmm. or young children was contaminated with cancer viruses. Um, they couldn't even see what was in those vaccines. They didn't really understand the fullness of what was in those vaccines when they were giving to us. So the science is not settled and it hasn't been from the very beginning. I believe the motive behind vaccination or the attempt to immunize, I think it was a good motive. I think that a lot of people, as we discussed, were dying from a lot of diseases back then because of all the reasons we discussed. And so I believe the motive was good. Unfortunately, the science has never really understood the immune system. Even to this day, immunologists do not study the immune system. So they really don't focus on what encourages a strong immune system or how to build a strong immune system. Um, and, and how does it look when it's working properly? What, what does the body do as it's working? And so they don't even, they don't focus that. It's all been on vaccine development 
since the Salk vaccine first came out in the 50s. So unfortunately, the very foundation of vaccinology is based on outdated information that we now know is false. But unless you're looking at it like I do, you would never know. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad to be here today. Vaccine ingredients is a huge part of this because before the internet and before research, nobody knew what was in a vaccine except for the manufacturers. And they didn't expose it. It wasn't required. And then all of a sudden we had this amazing thing called the internet, mm -hmm. which opened up the world to lay people like myself who can be, begin to look at all of this and go back and read and find out what's in vaccinations. And, you know, Sarah, I've been doing this for 25 years. Mm -hmm. I have thousands of hours of research throughout my whole adult life before I even had my first child. 40 years ago, I was researching. So I have been able to accumulate all of this information and I will guarantee you this, what I share is not based on my opinion. Mm -hmm. It's based on scientific research information and data that people can go and verify on their own. Right. So I don't tell people how to believe. I don't tell them what to believe. I simply present the other side of the issue. As you know, there's always two sides to every issue, right? Mm -hmm. And once you start learning about, number one, what's in the vaccines and the fact that there are no proper safety studies done, I think like, like me, you're going to be really shocked and, and, and think twice before you shoot in a vaccine. Right. So all vaccinations, in order to be <clears throat> effective, have to have adjuvants. Adjuvants are designed to stimulate the immune system and cause an ongoing reaction and turbocharge your body's response to the vaccine. One thing researchers and doctors were not looking at is how is this human body going to respond to everything in the vaccine? Right. They thought it was only going to respond to the virus in the vaccine. Instead, what we have is a human body that responds to everything foreign that is put in the body. Glasses are crooked. <laughs> anyway, so um, it's either my glasses or my head. I'm not sure. <laughs> Our ears are never balanced. <laughs> I know, that's for sure. So adjuvants, according to Gupta et al., who describe adjuvants scientifically, some of the side effects can be ascribed as an unintentional stimulation of different mechanisms in the immune system. They are highly variable in terms of how they affect the immune system, how serious their adverse effects are due to the resultant hyperactivation of the immune system. That's a lot of words to yes. basically say they're, they're, they're um, man-made, they're carcinogenic. We don't really know how they're going to cause an immune reaction, but we do know they do cause an immune reaction. We don't know what that's going to look like for everybody because everybody is chemically different. And none of this is taken into consideration with vaccines. It's like, we know they're going to cause an immune reaction, but that's what we want. So the most commonly used ones are aluminum, aluminum hydroxide, aluminum phosphate, and also other oils and things like that um, that are um, in, in, in adjuvants by nature. Can and I get to stop you there with the aluminum? Absolutely. Um, I, I believe that aluminum is also being put to dementia, that it causes dementia. 
uh, and there was a lot of aluminum in simple things like deodorant and a lot of people were cooking with aluminum and, and everything we have an absolute increase in dementia today and i believe that that is linked together is it not yes it is um some of the most recent aluminum studies have been done on the brains of people who have alzheimer's and also children who died with autism mm. and so the first time ever in the history of mankind have we actually looked at the aluminum uh, accumulation in the brain. And what they found was, and I'll reference this study, I'll send you a link to it mm -hmm. when we're done. What this research team found was that the aluminum level in people who died with Alzheimer's was very high in the brain. But the children with autism who died with autism, it was way higher like 10, 15, 20 times higher. Wow. So we know that children with autism are most likely suffering from the accumulation of aluminum in their body and in their brain tissue, mm. which I will get into in more detail in just a moment. Sound good? Mm -hmm. So, um, well, it doesn't sound good, no. <laughs> no. 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 But I will get into the science of yes. it a little bit more as we go. So vaccines also defy all medical reasoning. A vaccine given to a one-year-old can be the same vaccine given to a 300-pound man. What? What? Absolutely. They are a one-size-fits-all, and yet we rarely give a full-size 300-pound man up to 13 different shots in one five-minute period of time. And that's what goes on in the pediatrician's office. You know, so we, talked, we, we, we talked about pediatricians in the first thing, that when we grew up, you went to a pediatrician, pediatrician if you had a, an illness or a disease. And now everybody has a pediatrician. We used to go to the family doctor for this. And, you know, it seems to me that the pediatricians have been taught to push all these other things, whether they're aware of what's going on or not. It does not make well, sense to me of a shot for a 300 person and a child be given the same shot. Where's the logic behind that? Absolutely. And it seems like we're freezing up a little bit here. Right. Um, but, but that's okay. We'll work with it. So think about this, though. Children, when they're born, are genetically different. They have mm -hmm. some children are genetically stronger than others. Mm -hmm. uh, the quality of their prenatal care will determine how well they do as a newborn baby. Their fetal exposure, exposure to toxins. You know, one mom might be smoking cigarettes and drinking Coca-Cola every day or even doing pharmaceutical drugs when another mother might be eating organic and, and staying away from toxins. The children are going to be different when they're born. Mm -hmm. Traumatic birth process can affect how a child um, is after birth. Uh, the birth weight and function of a baby has to be considered uh, as to where their strengths are. And then of course, children develop at different ages and different times and at different rates, but none of this is considered when giving vaccinations. I don't understand that though. I just simply don't understand it. It's, it it's it not scientific. It doesn't make. Also, these injections are deep muscle injections. Over the years, I have actually watched how they have taken the needles and increased the size of the needle so they get it deeper into the muscle tissue. 
So these are not little injections. These are very large tubes um, of, of material that are going into a baby, multiple locations in their body. It and painful. Let's, absolutely. You know, I mean, we're putting that child through all that pain, never mind the yes. side effects, the pain of the vaccination itself. I can hardly watch videos of babies getting injected mm. like this. Yeah. As you know, I did not inject any of my babies. My babies never did the well baby visits and we didn't ever go to doctors unless it was an emergency, which was on two occasions. So my track record is 24 years with my children's father, married to him, and we didn't have but two emergency visits in that whole time. So I do know how to help people raise their children naturally mm. and utilize medication when it's necessary. So anyway, so um, we are now starting to, I wanna talk first about the amount of aluminum that is found in a vaccination because people do not realize how much aluminum is in a vaccine. And so- Why it's in there in the first place? Well, it's an adjuvant. And what happened is in the year 2000, they decided to reduce the amount of aluminum in vaccinations. I'm sorry, they reduced the amount of thimerosal in vaccines because of public pressure. I don't know if you recall Congressman Dan Burton having hearings in Washington, uh, the Government Reform Committee. They were looking at the amount of mercury in vaccinations because his son regressed into severe autism. I might've mentioned that earlier. Mm. And so with these hearings, um, uh, Congressman Burton was saying we should remove it, we should reduce it. So the CDC agreed that they would begin. Well, as they reduced the thimerosal, they had to increase something as an adjuvant. So instead okay. of can the we, thimerosal. Can we, sorry, can we just understand what an adjutant is? Because we don't know what that yes. actually does. An adjuvant turbocharges the immune system. It's in all vaccinations. A vaccine is not effective without them. And their job is to go in, irritate the body and stimulate the immune system to draw it into um, a relationship with the vaccine and begin the process of developing titers or developing an immune response. That's all they do is they cause an ongoing immune reaction to whatever is in the vaccination. That's it. But without them, vaccines are completely ineffective. So having said that, um, when we give a baby a vaccine at birth, they're getting a hepatitis B vaccine. And I will tell you how much is in that vaccine in just a moment. I first would like to reference the only study done on aluminum injected in babies. And it's called the Aspen study. And that stands for the American Society for Parenterial Nutrition, ASPEN, A-S-P-E-N. And in this study, they acknowledge that babies who get IV nutrition are also getting aluminum. And I know, I, I don't understand why it's in the parenterial nutrition, but it is. And they wanted to see how it was affecting the children immediately, short-term, and then long-term. So they took 200 babies that were in hospitals on IV nutrition, and they broke them into two groups, 100 in each group. And they added, they, they reduced the amount of aluminum in one group. 
I don't know how they must have filtered it out somehow. Mm-hmm. And the other group, they left, they left the aluminum level as it is. And they said that anything over 20 micrograms of aluminum could be toxic for the infant, could end up causing neurological delays mm-hmm. at 18 months, and actually caused bone density problems in early adulthood. Okay. We're creating so remember, all these problems. 20 micrograms was what they, mm. they said could also lead to kidney failure. You bet they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so we know 20 micrograms is what they say can cause problems, anything above that. So our babies go in day one in American hospitals and also in Canadian hospitals and around some of the world. They're getting a hepatitis B vaccine. Uh, a vaccine that was made for prostitutes and drug users who didn't want it. So it was put into the children's schedule. And in that one vaccination, they're getting 250 micrograms of aluminum. But, 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 but why are they giving it to the kids in the first place if it was designed for prostitutes and drug addicts? Because they can. But because what's the rationale have- behind it? There is no rationale. It's the most unscientific vaccine we do. The rationale is we have it available. We've invested millions of dollars Ooh. into research and, and, and production. And now they actually voted back in, I believe it was, it was voted in about 1999 or 1998. And then it entered into the uh, vaccine children's program soon after. But I'm telling you, there are no safety studies. Uh, on that particular vaccine, we would assume that it was studied for what? Many, many months, many, many mm-hmm. years? What would you think? How many years do you think they would study this vaccine and how would they study it in order to mandate it for every child in the United States and in Canada? How many years would we logically think that that one vaccine should be studied? I think a minimum of 10 years. It was studied for three weeks. Ah! That's three it. weeks, what can, you, what can you tell in three weeks? Isn't it crazy? Ugh. It's absolutely insane. So um, people can learn about the Aspen study, like I said, by it was the University of Saskatchewan researcher won an award for that study, by the way. And so, um, so now let's say baby is going into their regular pediatrician visits, like most parents assume they have to do, which by the way, there's no law. Mm-hmm. I never did it with mine. Mm-hmm. I currently have eight grandbabies that have never seen medical doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, they were born in birthing centers or at home, um, or they got out of the hospital right away and went home after um, the baby was born. And so you do not have to by law. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, we've got an opinion have, there. <laughs> I know you do not have to by law um, go to a pediatrician, but I encourage you find some sort of health provider who can help you and, and work with you if you have questions or concerns, mm-hmm. okay? So that is, by the way, my little Yorkie Poo, who is, she is 15 years old, and she usually sleeps all day. But I guess she's decided to get up, and um, she might need to go outside. But anyway, <laughs> um, I want to just let you know that Dr. Robert Sears, who wrote a book on this topic called The Alternative Vaccine Program, he said this, it is dangerous and disgraceful. My instinct was to assume that the issue had been properly researched and that the studies had been done 
On healthy infants to determine their ability to excrete aluminum, no studies have been done. Not one. Not one. Yeah, now, yeah. now that we've been doing it for several years, I'm going to highlight the studies coming out saying, guess what, folks? Mm-hmm. We're finding problems here, okay? And if you want to take it for just a second, I'll let my little mutt out, okay? So when you go for your well baby visit, of course, they assume that you're going to do your vaccines and they come in with a handful of vials. So when a baby goes in, they're going to get a hepatitis B vaccine. And, and what I'll do is I'll say over the 18 months, they're going to get three hepatitis B vaccines. They're going to get two hepatitis A vaccines. They're going to get four DTAP, which is your diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus vaccine. They're going to get three Hib vaccines, and they're going to get four PCV vaccines. All of these contain very high levels of aluminum, anywhere from 125 micrograms to 250 micrograms to 620 micrograms. So by the time a baby is fully vaccinated, at the age of 18 months, they will have received 4,925 micrograms of aluminum through their vaccinations. That goes straight to the brain. Absolutely. Because the vaccines also uh, contain glyphosate. And glyphosate opens up the blood-brain barrier, which Mm -hmm. I doubt that any doctors know this. Um, Very few doctors are looking at this research, by the way. Um, It's mostly people like myself, lay people, researchers. Um, We do see an explosion of physicians now who are beginning to lose faith and confidence in the vaccine program. And their eyes are beginning to see the problems that we have created. Right. But remember, 20 micrograms can cause neurological problems. And if a baby gets a vitamin K shot at the hospital, the vitamin K shot contains 100 micrograms of aluminum. Now, what is the vitamin K shot? That is to thin the blood. Why would you want to thin the blood? Well... I'm sorry, to thicken the opposite of my mistake. You see what it is, is when you're doing invasive procedures on infants like circumcision, and you're doing it within the first day of birth, their blood is very thin by design. Mm -hmm. And so Jewish people automatically wait until day eight before they circumcise. And that's actually biblical. Mm-hmm. And they do it because the, the blood has a chance to thicken up and the body has to, you know, is, is now working well, like a well-oiled machine. So when people opt to circumcise in a hospital, they have to thicken the blood or that baby will bleed to death. Right. Um, that's one of the reasons. But automatically now, people are told you have to do vitamin K shot. It's actually like a vaccine. And it's supposed to be a vitamin, but it's really much more than that. So parents, number one, you have the right to say no in most hospitals. You need to do your research. You need to decide if you're going to circumcise. You might consider waiting until day eight. You might consider not circumcising at all because the AMA came out years ago and said it's not medically necessary. Um, When it comes to hygiene, little girls are a lot harder to keep clean than little boys. Mm -hmm. And I know because I had two girls and three boys, okay? Mm -hmm. There's many reasons why people do circumcise, and then there's many reasons why people don't circumcise. And I encourage you to go on YouTube and look it up and see what's going on when they do it, learn all that you can. 
but make informed decisions. Yes. But back to vitamin K. If a baby gets a vitamin K shot within 24 hours of birth, and then they get a whole bunch of, you know, vaccination with 250 micrograms of aluminum, they now just got 350 micrograms of aluminum the day they were born. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we hear all the time that there is so much pressure on the medical system of people getting sick and getting in, in an era where we're meant to be more hygienic, we're meant to eat better food, we're meant to exercise more, we're meant to know how to look after ourselves, yet we're having more and more people get sick with cancers, with, um, with autism, with uh, dementia, um, with um, heart attacks, with stress, with depression. It's all on the increase. And this makes sense. If you've been vaccinated, this is in the system and it's slowly or speedily, depending on your immune system, going to work and breaking things down. <sighs> Depressing. <sighs> we can prevent Absolutely. this. I mean, we talked about in the first show about how vaccines came about and the you know, so many people are again pro or, or against it. And, and you hear outbreaks like right now, outbreak of measles, and you must take the vaccination for it. And there are states or there are places where you have to vaccinate your children or they can't go to school. So where is this right to choose? And who's imposing this based on what information that you have to vaccinate your children? Well, in the United States, it's the CDC and the FDA, backed by the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, the Institute of Medicine, and of course the World Health Organization are all behind vaccines. Uh, Congress and senators who get into office and represent the people do not represent the people. They are representing big pharma. Mm -hmm. They are, and I, I speak generally, there are some that are out there looking out for our best interests. There are many politicians who get into politics because they want to bring about change. Mm -hmm. So it's not all politicians, but it right. is majority of the politicians. Um, in the state of New Jersey, we were just fighting um, the removal of the religious exemption. And by the way, we currently have won that fight. The people of New Jersey still do have a religious exemption available to them, but California has lost that right. We have a California senator. His name is Pan who is bought and paid for by Big Pharma. They donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to his campaign, and now he's paying them back. Yeah. Um, they're not listening to the people. No. They're ignoring the people. And then, of course, New York is the same. Uh, we've got two very liberal states that are pushing, um, they're, they're usurping our rights as parents to be the custodian of our children. Right. We have and a so right to choose, you know? That's the thing, and, and common sense needs to prevail. Right. Oh, well, I mean, we, we should. We, we should. should have a right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, I'll talk more specifically about um, uh, vaccine ingredients. But I would like to tell you, um, all I, on my on my lecture series, I have slides of vaccines and diabetes and all of the resources. And so I will read quickly through the diseases that are in medical citations because of vaccinations. So we have vaccines and diabetes, vaccines and encephalopathy, which is, of course, brain swelling, um, brain inflammation, vaccines and kidney disease. Oh, where did it just go? Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> I clicked on the wrong button in here. I lost all of my list. <laughs> um, I can name them off the top of my head. Asthma, autism, attention deficit, hyperactivity, learning disabilities, um, uh, depression, anxiety. Um, I said diabetes, seizure disorders, Crohn's disease, gut disease, um, a muscular dystrophy, MS, um, dementia, Alzheimer's. The list goes on and on and on when you look at the manu uh, manufacturer inserts. All of these diseases are possible side effects of vaccinations. So, and yeah, I you, go you look at the increase, I mean, it speaks for itself. You know, how many people have at least the type 2 diabetes? How many people have anxiety and depression? How many people have kidney problems? You know, how many people have various other things? And it's like, well, I don't know where this came from. I mean, it's not in the family. Um, you know, it was a healthy baby and then sickness started happening. Uh, I mean, I was vaccinated. I've had other vaccines since then, and I've got a few of those things there. It's kind of scary. But the point mm -hmm. is, we are at an epidemic in the world right now of sickness that should not be there. And the criminal thing is the fact that they're giving this, these diseases that are going to be systemically coming out in various ways in our lives. Where are the human rights behind this? Well, that is exactly why we're fighting so hard, mm. is to maintain our human rights. Um, and the one that's most threatened right now is the religious right to say no. And so I will talk briefly um, as well about the use of aborted fetal cell tissue in the manufacturing of vaccinations. And I will also send you uh, some documentation afterwards where you can post it. Because people, you have to understand that the only thing motivating me is to bring out the truth. Yeah. If I'm wrong about something, I, I will admit I'm wrong about something. I'm ob obviously not 100% correct on everything. But everything that I share with you is backed by science, research, and documentation. And uh, the New Jersey, I think it was a congressman who introduced the New Jersey bill to remove the religious exemption. He said that the reason the religious exemption was there originally was because we used to use aborted fetal cell tissue in manufacturing one, one vaccine. He said, we don't do that anymore. So there's no reason to have a religious exemption. He is actually very wrong. We are using more and more aborted fetal cell, cell tissue all the time. But why? And there are what does it do? dozens. Absolutely. It's insane. But what, what, what is it for? What, what are they taking from this? <laughs> what what they is do, it for? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it goes back to the manufacturing process. So years ago, they needed to find the viruses somewhere. Mm -hmm. So they would go to people who died with the viruses and they would find them. And then they had to grow the viruses or multiply the viruses on decomposing tissue because healthy tissue doesn't grow as well as decomposing tissue. So they would find, they would get animals like monkeys from Africa. You hear the term African rhesus monkeys. Uh, rabbits and different, different dogs and cow parts are used to grow the viruses and the bacterias. And then they scoop it off of there and they attenuate it or they kill it or they change it or whatever. And they put it with all of these preservatives and adjuvants and call it a vaccine. Well, we now have peanut allergies because of peanut adjuvant 65 being injected into babies. We have 
allergy to dairy products because for years, dairy, parts of the cow, bovine um, serums, all types of things from the cow were used. We have egg allergies now because they develop uh, the flu vaccine on egg, uh, right in eggs. Um, we also have dairy and wheat issues because they use wheat and things like that in growing these, these vaccines or, or allowing them to multiply. So now we have all of these things going on in the body directly related to the adjuvants and additives and vaccinations. And the body's trying to get rid of it because the body's smarter than that. The body is highly intelligent in healing itself. But if you're bombarding it with something that it can't get rid of, that is literally saturating the body at such an intense um, rate over a short period of time, over 18 months, those shots, how does the body even have a chance of building an immune system? Well, what we have instead is hyperimmune problems. Um, think of this, when we eat peanut butter, it goes into our digestive system, we break it down, our body will pull what it can from it that it needs, and it'll excrete the rest. When you inject a food product, such as adjuvant 65, a derivative of peanut oil, it's put in there to irritate the immune system. But what the immune system does is it attacks it mm -hmm. because it has to eliminate it. It doesn't belong in the middle of your muscle. It doesn't right. belong in your tissue. It belongs in your gut and in your digestive system. So the body attacks that adjuvant 65 and begins to create resistance towards it. So each time a child goes in every couple months, the first several years of life, they're getting a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more of this adjuvant 65. And the mother goes and gives the baby the first little taste of peanut butter at maybe a year old. And the baby enjoys the flavor and all, but all of a sudden the child puffs up yeah. and has an immune reaction, a hyper immune reaction. The mother doesn't understand. They rush to the hospital or the walk-in clinic and they, they give the baby an antihistamine and they say, well, your baby's having an allergic reaction. We don't know what to, you know, did you give your baby anything different? Oh yeah, peanut butter. Well, your baby might be sensitive to peanut butter. So mother forgets and she goes on. And then a month later, she gives the baby a little bit of a peanut butter jelly, whatever. And the baby has a severe anaphylactic reaction. They end up back at the hospital. They give the baby antihistamines and they come to the conclusion that your baby is one of those unlucky babies who is allergic to peanut butter. We're so sorry, but your child can never be exposed to peanut butter. Well, how did that baby get exposed to peanut butter? Right. right. Through the vaccine, mm -hmm. injected into muscle where it does not belong. Food products do not belong in the muscle. They belong in the gut. And our gut is designed to take what it wants, assimilate, digest, absorb, and then eliminate. And so this is what's going on when you understand, I'll get into some of the more ingredients that are in vaccines. When you can begin to tie it, you can start to see it all forming in front of you and connecting the dots of why we have asthma, why we have seizure disorders, why we have brain inflammation, why we have dairy allergies and food allergies like crazy because a lot of these products have been injected on a regular basis to a, a very vulnerable part of society, our children. Yeah, and, and I don't 
I don't understand the reasoning behind all of these things. It's just like, oh, well, let's just add something else. And there doesn't seem to be any consequences or any thought behind it. It's just like, oh, we'll just add this and add that. And it's... Right. It's very, yeah. It's, uh, oh, talk about not making sense. Yeah. Well, this is because immunologists do not study the immune system. Another thing that Del Bigtree brought out that I thought was actually the World Health Organization, one of the doctors was speaking about the dangers of vaccines, basically saying, we really don't understand adjuvants. And she said, it is common knowledge that doctors and nurses get about one half a day of study on vaccinations when they're in med school. How? A half a day. How do they get it? I don't, I don't understand it. So how can they even be considered an authority right. if they're getting a half a day? And really, doctors are in school to learn and pass boards. Right. They don't have time for questioning. Um, I've done lots of radio, and, and I was doing a radio show once, and, and a medical doctor called in. And the medical doctor said, oh, I think vaccines are safe. And, and you know, I think this is crazy. What, you, what you're telling people is dangerous. And I said, doctor, um, when you were in med school, were you able to ask any questions about vaccinations? And they said, no, when we go to med school, we're not there to ask questions. We're there to learn because we have to pass our board so we can get a license and get out to practice. I said, so you didn't ask what's in a vaccine. You didn't ask how are these adjuvants or additives affecting the human body. Right. And she didn't have anything else to say. Yeah. And so even the World Health Organization admits they get one half a day and basically what it is, it's a list of all the vaccinations and, and the schedule with which they're supposed to do them. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Well, um, yeah. I mean, you know, nutrition, I think, is, is four hours on studying nutrition. Um, but exactly. a great deal is on studying, you know, what drugs to give. And, you know, when, when a drug hits the market and it causes side effects and deaths, it's pulled. You right. know, it's, it's documented now that these right. diseases are, are coming about because of vaccinations. Why is the spotlight not on it? Is it purely because it's e-commerce? I guarantee that if CNN, NBC, Fox News, and all the major networks put the World Health Organization admitting that they don't understand edge events, right. that the proper safety surveillance is not in place, and that we're losing people 500% who are turning away from vaccinations, if that was on any of those networks, yeah. everybody, it would come to a screeching halt. Right. Just like if we had 10 jumbo jets of people dying, you know, 10 jumbo jets falling out of the air every day. What happened when, when we have one jumbo jet crash, everything stops. Yes. Those jets are pulled. Right now, Boeing is going yeah. through extreme um, um, investigation because they were their own safety um, people involved in their own their own safety protocol, and of course we had a couple jets crash. And now Boeing, that plane that that is just taken off the market. Yes, it's, it's grounded. Right, but vaccinations defy, and I call it the golden calf of medicine. We believe in it. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to see it, and we make money off of it. What would possibly motivate them yes. to look at this science? And, and think about it. Babies don't go to doctors unless it's for vaccines. Yeah. 
pediatricians yeah. would be out of business overnight. Well, I mean, the domino effect is this. As a kid gets sick, it keeps the doctor employed, keeps the hospital employed, you know, keeps the insurances and everything else. And, yeah. and of course, the pharmaceuticals, because what does a doctor do but give you another drug for the problem that you have? And, right? and there is, it's, it's really, there is an awakening taking place. And yes. that's what gives me such encouragement. Um, but some other things that are in vaccines, um, glyphosate, glyphosate we know is Roundup and it's causing cancer. Yes. And there was a huge lawsuit for glyphosate causing cancer. And yet moms across America, uh, the woman who represents them, Miss Honeycutt said, we were shocked to find the presence of glyphosate in all five of the vaccines that we studied and to find that the contamination of glyphosate has extended into our medical treatments. Again, why is it there? What's the point of having it there? What is it meant to prevent? It's, it's a stimulation for the immune system. It's just more stimulation. It must be put in as an adjuvant. Um, also, um, glyphosate in the DTaP vaccine, it said the results showed that the DTaP vaccine, a flu vaccine, hepatitis B, and the pneumococcal vaccine all had levels of glyphosate. The MMR2 vaccine had levels up to 25 times higher than in other vaccines. Wow. And here we are giving MMR vaccines, trying to avoid measles, which is not life-threatening. Right. And it comes and goes, and it results in lifelong immunity. None of it makes sense. And the thing is what we talked about in the first show is that when we got sick, measles, German measles, mumps, any of those things, we stayed home and we got better, right? Now, I, yes, I know if it's going to hit somebody with a very uh, weak immune system and of course pregnant women, it's a totally different dangerous case. But we survived this for um, how many hundreds of thousands of years? You know, where the cases of people dying were very few compared to just people going through it. But the case in point is we stayed home. And nowadays, as we talked about in our first show, everybody's, well, no, here's a drug. You've got to go back to school. I have to go to work. And we don't allow people to go through the process to get well. We send them out contaminated. And then your next thing you know, you have a, a whole load of measles out there. It's an epidemic. Well, it's the same as the flu. At you, exactly. at, at school, touching everything, all of a sudden, everyone's got the flu. Well, you know. That is the same principles behind it as you talked about in the first show. Hygiene, washing hands. If you're contaminated, stay away from people. Exactly. And, and the bottom line is this. We all have to take responsibility for yes. our health. We have to promote our health instead of running away from diseases or infections like we're fearing it. Yeah. We have to make informed decisions about everything we put in our mouth, everything we buy at the store and put in our pantry, everything we send our children to school with in the lunchbox, mm -hmm. everything our college students are getting on campus, um, which we know is mostly junk food. And I mean, there's so many things that we can do to promote our health without injecting a vaccination. And that is a whole nother lecture that I do. Right. How to raise healthy ch children. How to, um, it's actually called Raising Children Nature's Way because parents need to know if I don't vaccinate, what can I do to ensure that my children are going to be as healthy as possible. And that's show three. That's Absolutely. where we're going to be covering all of that in show three. So, you know, I know at the present moment you're going, oh my God, my children are being vaccinated. Exactly. Or, you know, uh, my baby's about to go and get vaccinated. What do I do? Well, by boosting up the immune system naturally, without 
overworking the immune system agitatively, exactly. we, uh, we give the body a chance to heal itself because the body is incredible. All we have to do is give it the proper nutrients that it needs in order to do that. So please come back for uh, show three and you will learn a great deal about that and how we stay healthy. Because let's face it right now, we have how many people out there that have been vaccinated that are now dealing with these health issues? How do, they, how do they take charge of their own lives again and fight this, you know, where they have no understanding how it came about in the first place? So I, the mind is bottling at what ingredients are in there and it seems to be, oh, here's another thing we can put in. And I'm not hearing any rationale. It's just like, oh, let's oh. add this. Let's add this. Oh, it gets, it gets better. <laughs> so we have squalene. Squalene is a polymer, an organic polymer. It's never been a huge, uh, approved to be tested on human beings. It's an oil-based adjuvant that causes blindness, autoimmune dysfunction, and can inhibit sperm production in animals. More than two dozen peer-reviewed scientific journals from 10 different laboratories in US, Europe, Asia, and Australia have been published documenting the development of autoimmune diseases in animals subjected to any squalene-based adjuvants, okay? And a book was written, an incredible book, uh, Vaccine A, the Covert Government Experiment that is Killing Our Soldiers. Many of the Gulf War and also um, uh, military vaccinations contain squalene. So if you're in the service or you've been through the military, uh, you probably got some vaccines with squalene. Uh, Gary Matsumoto, who wrote the book, said squalene is one of the most dangerous molecules ever injected into man. And that using it in vaccines is outlandish and criminal. Um, it's called MF59. It was put in Novartis's flu vaccination called FLAWD, F-L-U-A-A-D. And this vaccine is given to adults 65 years or older because their immune system doesn't respond without it. So they really, really, really have to agitate the immune system to get it to do what it's supposed to do. Now, they also use cow skeletal muscles. Um, they actually make a broth used for certain um, complexes, uh, different mediums that they need to grow the viruses. Many, it's uh, very difficult to grow microorganisms uh, and the cells that are used to propagate viruses. So they require additional blood from the growth medium as well. They use um, shing Shingerix, is a shingles vaccine for adults uh, that is for 50 years and older of age, it includes, it includes ASO1B, and ASO1B is made up of a purified fat-like substance, which is purified from the bark of the soap bark tree, an evergreen tree native to central Chile. Imagine that. Again, it's, it's just... science. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm still trying to get around the fact of why all of these things are in there, why they're even necessary. You know, it's it just well, one adjutant to aggravate, another adjutant to aggravate, exactly. to aggravate. And it's like, when do you get to the point of such aggravation, the body goes, hey, I'm giving up, and which is what we're seeing. How many deaths exactly. have we seen where the body says, I can't take this? Oh, and it, it even gets better. Uh, the new uh, HPV, human papillomavirus, which was designed for cervical cancer that they're giving to all children, both male and female, even males who don't have a cervix are getting it, okay? Um, they are using something called the baculovirus, 
which is hijacked from caterpillar cells. Um, caterpillar cells produce lots of protein balls. GlaxoSmithKline isolates the proteins, sticks them into a syringe, and, and they say, and by this, they're protecting millions of women from deadly cancer. This week, the FDA, and this was done, this was back in January 18th of 2013, the FDA announced that they were approving a new kind of flu vaccine using this baculovirus process. Unlike traditional flu vaccines, the new kind called flu block is produced by the cells of insects. And protein science, um, they say, um, let's see, baculoviruses make proteins. So protein science needed only three weeks to go from the genetic sequencing of genes to a vaccine production. So in three weeks, they were able to make, they were able to make the proteins needed to make the vaccine. It's crazy. I mean, the, I mean, the thing is, is that, I'm sorry, I'm still trying to get my head around. You know, exactly. it's, it's like, oh, I've got to my hand in my side. Does somebody create a vaccine? You know, we've, we've got to keep the funding going. So create a vaccine, right? Um, yeah. And, and if it and, kills you, you don't get sued. If it no, kills people, it doesn't right, matter. Right. And, and uh, uh, oh, okay, then we'll just go for another vaccine. And th there's no accountability. There's no response. You know, this show is called Your Health is Your Choice. But with these vaccines, there is no choice. No. You either trust your health like Russian roulette. Yes. That you're going to be a lucky one who doesn't have an extreme reaction in the beginning, but then you don't know the systemic effects of these things down the road. The CDC or the World Health Organization admitted, we study the local um, vaccine reaction only, and right. we study it for a couple of weeks. We never have looked at the systemic reactions in the body. Never studied systemic reactions. I mean, surely somewhere along the line, when they start seeing this such an epidemic of, you know, diabetes and Alzheimer's and dementia and, and kidneys and asthma and you name it, the list that we brought up earlier, when they start seeing this is on the increase and it shouldn't be at this stage in our, our, our development, surely it's ringing some bells. I mean, what are they? Oh, mm -hmm. you know, that's caused by this or that's caused by that. I mean, they must know it's caused by the vaccines. I believe many doctors do, but they can't, number one, come out and say it. They'll get ruined. Right. Um, you know, we, we, we can look up and see what Merck uh, threatened to do to any doctor who talked about Vioxx in any negative way. They actually, in court record, are shown, they actually said that we will go out and destroy any doctor who talks about Vioxx in any negative way, we will destroy them, okay? And Merck makes a lot of the vaccines that your babies are getting. Right. So how can we trust a company that is that ruthless? Right. Um, and so oh, there, I'll go through a list of vaccines that are being produced with insect cells, okay? Hepatitis B, polio, rotavirus, measles, rubella, HPV, Japanese encephalitis, yellow fever, tick-borne encephalitis, hepatitis A, rabies, mumps, influenza, okay? Isn't that crazy? So those are some, and, and they're talking about many more coming. There's about 200, 215 vaccines right now that are going through safety studies. And again, these safety studies are, I kid you not, they're weeks. They're right. not years and months. They're weeks. It I mean, takes a long time. 
I'm exactly. Sorry, how how do you know? You know how something is going to react because you have to you have to take blood from the people. You have to see as they grow. You know how the immune system breaks down. I mean, this is something that really you should be doing over a lifetime of studying people to see how it affects them. You know what's on the increase right now is Lyme's disease. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that, of course, then causes fibromyalgia and it causes a few other things as well. Exactly. And yet, you know, it, how all of a sudden, uh, you know, people aren't getting bitten by ticks, but suddenly they seem to have Lyme disease. Where's that coming from? And I actually have a theory on that. I have actually, um, I spoke at a Lyme, two Lyme disease conferences in Florida. And I also attended one in Augsburg, Germany, where they were talking about Lyme diseases now in all domestic animals. So imagine we are taking tissue from animals from around the world. We're developing vaccines on them. And I believe the spirochete is getting in through the vaccines because I lived in a wonderful neighborhood while raising my children. And there were neighbors, of course, almost everyone vaccinated. But one family out of four children, three children had inhalers for breathing problems mm -hmm. and they all had Lyme disease. Mm. And I'm like, how are these kids getting Lyme disease? And we're talking 25 years ago now. I've been 40 years on this. Yeah, because your lungs somehow went through an assault. Yes. And believe it or not, it could have been the polio vaccine. The right. polio vaccine, one polio vaccine can set up your lungs forever for asthma. Just so you know. Wow. What age do we have the polio vaccine? I can't remember. Um, I was in kindergarten. I was five. Right. I and think I got it, it the five. form of a sugar cube. Right. I got the right. polio sugar cube. Yeah. Right. But those, again, they get into your system, they get into your body. And viruses by the millions are injected through vaccines. And they can lay there dormant in your body, yes. doing whatever, until you have a crisis, an emotional upset, you know, you go through a divorce or the loss of a loved one, or you have a child die or a car accident, and all of a sudden your body can't handle the stress right. and no longer can keep these things in check. Exactly. So it's, it's really Franken science yes. that we're, we're basing on these vaccines and this whole vaccine policy. I'm calling for a complete halt in all vaccinations until our government makes the pharmaceutical companies liable for injury, until they're able to do the proper safety studies, more importantly, I want to see a study comparing the unvaccinated to the vaccinated. Because I know the vaccinated children are so much more healthier than the, did I say unvaccinated? You said vaccinated. <laughs> un, I do that sometimes. The unvaccinated children are far healthier right. than the vaccinated mm -hmm. children. And in my DVD, I actually show some studies and references about that topic. But now I want to cover the human diploid tissue from aborted fetus tissues that gets in the vaccines as well. That in itself, aborted fetuses, they're taking stuff out of that. I mean, yeah. Gross. I mean, totally gross. I mean, I just don't know where they're thinking these things up. You know, it just seems to be, I've got too much time in my hand. We need to make money, you know, create something in a lab or we need this, we need that. That just all, you've got so many different departments where nobody's talking with each other or what. I mean, if you are taking medication, they want to know what other medication you're on so that it doesn't cause conflict. Yet you're putting all of these things in a vaccine that are conflicting with one another. And, and yes. the rationale, I mean, there is no rationale. That's the, oh, it's, it's really very unscientific. <laughs> yes. Very unscientific. So 
um, with in relationship to aborted fetal cell tissue. Human DNA and vaccines creates a potential for autoimmune response and or an inappropriate assertion into our own genome through a process called recombination. There are groups now that are researching the potential link between the DNA and vaccines and autoimmune diseases such as juvenile um, type 1 diabetes and multiple sclerosis as well as lupus, autoimmune diseases. And so, um, come on, I want to go down to my next slide here. Uh, the American College of Pediatricians actually um, acknowledges the fact that they use aborted fetal cell tissue in their vaccines. So this is no secret. If people are really interested, they can go and pull up YouTube, Dr. Stanley Plotkin, P-L-O-T-K-I-N, and aborted tissue in vaccines. If you just put that in YouTube search engine, you're going to find out that he was interviewed by an attorney under oath in the state of Michigan last year. And the attorney was a very well-read and prepared attorney. And he asked Dr. Plotkins, who is considered one of the top doctors in the country, he asked him, so Dr. Plotkins, do you recall ever doing uh, vaccine um, manufacturing or research with aborted fetal tissue? And at first, Dr. Plotkins goes, I, I don't remember that. And then the attorney says, well, here, sir, um, this is your signature on this study. And in this study, they used 76 infants to find the rubella virus in order to create a rubella vaccine. Oh, oh, yes, 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 now I remember. Further on, he said, Dr. Plotkins, there are a lot of people who are religious and are anti-abortion and, and believe that the sanctity of human life is, is, is a really important thing. And that you know a man like you who, who uses aborted tissue to develop vaccinations that if you die, you're going to go to hell someday. How do you feel about that? And he said, oh, I would be honored to go to hell. What? Yep. What a stupid statement. Yep, I'd be honored to go to hell. So this is the evil behind right. these vaccinations. Mm -hmm. Now we have um, uh, a couple people that are fighting this. And one of, us, one of them is Nebraska Coalition for Ethical Research. And um, the newest, they say the newest cell line was created in 2015 called Wallvax 2. Each cell line is picked from multiple aborted babies, some even using abortions that require the baby to be born alive in the amniotic sac, uh, sac and then dismembered after they're delivered to the vaccine manufacturers. Wait a minute, so they're, they're alive. The babies. They're alive. They're keeping them alive. But they then, want the tissue alive. But that's murder. It is murder. But yes. apparently, in the pharmaceutical industry, it's not murder. Apparently, doctors who perform vaccine—I'm uh, sorry—who perform abortions don't think of it as murder. And apparently, people who promote vaccinations don't feel it's murder either. Because if they did, they couldn't ethically and morally do this, and yet they do. Oh, so this is a moral and religious uh, um, uh, objection to vaccinations. And, and this is terrible. There are some Christian groups out, there, uh, groups out there who are opposing this. One of them is Children of God for Life. Uh, I've actually written stuff for some of their publications on this topic. And then we also know that our President Trump canceled $2 million, a $2 million contract to purchase body parts of aborted babies for research. Good. 
Isn't that something? Yes. So we do have a president who's aware of what's going on. And I believe he's trying to do his best to stop this barbaric um, uh, human life uh, tragedy in this country. You know, I think one of the things that really has to happen is that the pharmaceutical companies have been given far too much power. A, number one, they cannot sponsor any politician. Illegal, right? That would number, be good. That would be, mm-hmm. uh, that means no, no politicians in your pocket. Number two, they cannot have anything to do with doctors on dictating whether the doctor uses the vaccine or the drug or anything. Um, and certainly can't threaten them. It is the doctor's choice based on the knowledge of that drug. Right. And I think there you're empowering the doctor. You're taking away the, you know, the, the power of the politician that's in the pocket. They've been given too much power and they can do anything with us. And then they make us the criminal when we say no. So mm-hmm. things ha- we need, we need somebody who's going to stand up and saying, you cannot be sponsored anymore. And uh, no pharmaceutical company can go after a doctor um, in any well, way whatsoever. The hard thing is, is right now, the pharmaceutical industry is the largest lobbying firm in Washington. Mm-hmm. Larger, twice as big as any other lobbying team, um, even bigger than oil and gas. So yeah. they pretty much run and control. America. And control. Yeah. Um, Senator do. Pan. Senator Pan in California recently passed a bill that takes the decision of whether or not a child has a medical um, um, uh what's the word, a medical exemption. Um, the doctors are the ones who make medical exemptions. They're the ones who say this child should not receive a vaccine because they have an autoimmune problem or they had seizures after their last set, whatever. The doctors are the ones who are responsible for making, uh, writing medical exemptions. Dr. Pan, I'm sorry, Senator Pan took that away from the doctors in California and said, no, the doctors who are writing medical exemptions are writing them too freely. We don't like it and therefore, if a doctor is going to write a medical exemption, it has to be submitted to the state for their approval. And if he writes too many of them within a five-year five um, period of time, we're going to investigate them. We're talking a dictatorship here. Absolutely. Yes. Socialism all the way. Yeah. Um, not freedom. No. Um, so this is what we're up against in the United States. But I am encouraged because people are waking up. Yes. They're becoming more active. Please don't assume your neighbor is going to do what you can do. Yeah. Your neighbor, you know, people don't, we have to share this information. We have to get it out to people. We have to empower them. We have to make them confident and competent in their decision. Yes. And then we have to show them how to communicate it. Yeah. We don't uh, want any browbeating. We don't want you having right. any you know, activism towards them. It is actionism, which is, I have made this choice based on this information and I'm asking if you would just look at that information so you can make your choice. But all we can, people are meant to have free will. We don't want to take the free yes. will away from people. All we want to do is educate them as to the choices they're making. Exactly. So I've just talked about a couple ingredients. We have phenol, acetone, formaldehyde, um, all kinds now, of- Can you talk products. about formaldehyde, please? Because that's a huge one. Yeah, formaldehyde is used to embalm people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's always been a toxic chemical and I don't have the actual, in this particular lecture, I don't have the actual breakdown of it, but it's a terrible chemical that's man-made and it's meant to embalm and, 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 
it's like a, it's a huge preservative. But, so what are they trying to preserve? The, the drugs in the system? I'm assuming it is used as a preservative, especially mm -hmm. if they're sending them to overseas where they might have high and hot temperatures. Right. Um, but nonetheless, nonetheless, um, anybody, I mean, I could probably Google it right now, the toxicity of formaldehyde. And, and you'll get all kinds of stuff about the toxicity of formaldehyde. So um, acetone is used in nail polish removers to take off our nail polish. Again, what's it put in there for? It must be a stabilizer or a sanitizer. I'm not really sure. They don't give you a whole lot of information about, what, about why they use these things. They just call them additives. And also, they don't have to tell you all the additives in a vaccine. They can only tell you, they only have to tell you the active ingredients. So we only know what we're allowed to know. Uh, so I'm afraid, I'm afraid it's much worse than this. Yeah. Much worse. I mean, as I said, the first show was how vaccinations all came about. You know, um, what was the scare tactic behind it and what was the reasoning behind it? And it started off as, as good intent. And then, of course, it became, oh, there's profit in this. Um, Mm -hmm. politicians or people have handed themselves over to the farmer. And we know pharma is, is a detriment to us yes. in many ways. There is a reason why we see ads, you know, that say, oh, it can cure this. And then there's 10 minutes of all the side effects that you're going to get from that drug. Right. Now, if that's one drug and you're going to get all of those side effects and they've got all of these drugs in uh, an inoculation that is, that is, going into an infant that hasn't even had a chance to build up their immune system yet. The criminality of this, the irresponsibility of this, the, the darn right um, lack of compassion or humanity to do with this, it, it almost sounds Nazism, you know, of really obliterating does. people. Mm -hmm. People ask, well, why, do they, why are they doing this? All the time I hear that. And we know that there are a lot of good human beings in the world. Yes. There are a lot of people that, that are out there doing good. I know that there are doctors who went into the field of medicine because they want to help. Exactly. I believe there are a lot of nurses, well-intended nurses, who would never, ever intentionally hurt a child. And yet I've seen them at my lectures. Um, I might do a four-hour lecture with a two-hour break or a break in the middle and they come up to me and, and they're, they're crying and they say, you know, Mary, I've been that nurse in that doctor's office calling the patients and harassing them to get yes. them in for their well baby visits. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do now. I can't right. go back to work and do this. Yes. And I just, I'm sorry. You know, I'm the, I, I do bear a lot of bad news to a lot of people, mm. Yeah. but, but it's about, it's about making good decisions and I don't have all the answers. There's definitely many, many other things that, you know, we have caused a problem. Yes. We now have a whole segment of young mothers who are having babies who do not have natural immunity to pass down through breast milk. But, you know, we, we talk a great deal, you know, in other shows and everything else on the genetic DNA. You know, there's the ancestral DNA of your bloodline, you know, my yes. past lifeline. But if you're looking at, you know, why is this next generation being more obese? Why is this next generation sicker? Why is this next generation this and that? They should be stronger. They should be this. They should be that. Right. And it's like, it didn't make sense. And it's, 
Is it a way? Is there some conspiracy theory behind there? Oh, there's too many people in the world and this is a way of whittling it down. Only the strong will survive. Absolutely. And, and unfortunately, and again, I don't get into conspiracy theories. I and identify it makes the question though, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a, is, is a true conspiracy yeah. because now I have enough evidence through my research to say that that you know, Bill Gates is definitely determined to reduce the population. And I don't know, maybe he thinks he's gonna live forever. I don't know, but for some reason, he says we have to reduce the population down to zero or we're in trouble. But if and we go so, down to zero, that means there's no human being left. I don't get it. I, and that's I know, exactly I mean, that doesn't said. make sense. It's, uh, I think I sent you the post on that where he says we've got to get the you know, population down to zero. The video um, of that is on the first posting on the first show, folks. Please exactly. go back and look at it. Exactly. And then there's so much evidence about how vaccines are actually causing outbreaks. Mm. They are designed to shed and, and to shed other people. Um, and, and, and I don't know if we have time to go into this now or if we should save it for the next segment. But if you get an MMR vaccination, you potentially are going to end up with measles and you are also potentially going to shed the measles virus to other people and cause them to end up with measles. Um, Chickenpox is no different. These are live viral vaccines. You get a chickenpox vaccine and before you know it, you have a bunch of children in that population that are breaking out with chickenpox. And and again, majority of the time, when I look back on each individual case um, or study, it's the majority of them are vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And then those that aren't unvaccinated, that are unvaccinated, are are um, uh, obviously catching it too. But that's okay because, because people who don't vaccinate realize that this is okay to catch the measles, the mumps, the chickenpox. Because the you immune know. system is strong enough to deal with it. Exactly, right? and you end up with lifelong immunity. So, efficacy is a, a big issue. Um, I have some of the top doctors in vaccinology saying we have a problems with the measles vaccine. It's a dud. Hmm. It doesn't work. So on one hand, I can say there's only been one child that died with measles in 15 years and over 400 and something people who've died from the MMR vaccine. Right. Right. Yes. So... Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> the next show is going to be more hopeful, folks, because we are going to be talking about immune system. And clearly, we're going to touch bases on what we have talked about in this last two shows. This is a lot to take in. You know, I said in the last show that this is going to be the horrific show, and it is. It is absolutely horrific that this has been allowed to happen. We think as parents, we're protecting our children. And when we're looking at it, there is no research there. There is nothing to back up of all this stuff that's going into our kids to say that they're being protected. On the contrary, we are seeing so many more health issues in the world that should not be there, just shouldn't be, that this really begs the question. So what can we do? Um, As you said, you've got certain states that kids can't go to school unless they've been vaccinated, that doctors can't refuse vaccination, that parents can't refuse getting the vaccination. There has to be, as I said in the last show, everyone coming together. Because when you have people en masse, there has to be a petition backed by all the people with, is to go to all your individual lawyers, like the small claims court, right. as they did with the blood epidemic uh, many years ago, and say, I want 
to petition against not being forced to have the vaccinations and having vaccinations um, looked into. The small claims court himself can't do anything. But if there's so many people all doing it at once, it has to go to the Supreme Court. Yes, we do have some uh, class action lawsuits that are coming. Um, pertaining to the human papillomavirus vaccine by Merck. They are, when they did that study on that vaccination, they did have a placebo group. It was a very small study, um, but in the placebo group, compared to the, the, the ones who got the vaccination, which contains 225 micrograms of aluminum, by the way, right. they actually saw that the incidence of, of uh, some of the chronic illnesses skyrocketed. But instead of admitting it and publicizing it and taking it down and kind of watching it and doing more studies, they released it anyway, yes. saying that there were no adverse events reported. Right. Now, through Freedom of Information Act, um, Del Bigtree and Robert Kennedy Jr. were able to pull records from Merck, were able to prove that they knew that yeah. several of these chronic illnesses and acute illnesses were increasing after the vaccination. Some girls paralyze, some girls die, some girls having neurological seizures. They, they knew it and they released it without putting that in there. And as a result, uh, there will be class action lawsuits coming soon Good. in the United States around that one vaccine. Right. Plus, I think, I think we all should get behind Dell Big Tree's organization, I Can. Because that group has power, it has the means, it has the research team, it has the media, it has, the, it has everything it needs to unite all of us. Right. And although I talked to Del Bigtree about, you know, calling everyone together and being the uniter, he said, Mary, I don't know that that's me, but I know what I'm doing and I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. You keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling that's the thing. The, the more we do this, I know you do an awful lot of shows and that's yes. the, the only we can do is just the ripple out effect. You know, if you've seen the show and you're still going, well, I want to still vaccinate, you know, I beg you to watch the videos. I beg you to look at the research. Uh, don't be intimidated by the doctors. Don't be intimidated by right. the farmer because at some point you need to take a stand. If not, you're dealing with an illness in your child later that's on right. that right. you may not have the funds for or Medicare may not be there, or there isn't a cure for that either. And yes. so prevention is better than cure. And we need to, to look at accountability. And I think what we have looked at in the last 30, 40 years, most certainly across the board, is a lack of accountability from powers that be. And we as, um, I mean, I'm Canadian, I'm British Canadian. Right. But it still comes under the umbrella that our human rights, we have a right to stand up to protect ourselves. There is a war on our bodies Definitely that somebody is. else is profiting from, and we don't want to be victims of that war, right? And that means Absolutely. that we've got to stop being um, the unwilling soldier in that war of experiment. You got it. Um, Mark Twain said that it's easier to fool people. Mm -hmm. Then to the Nathan Yes. But I think we're at that tipping point. Yeah. I believe that the awareness level is skyrocketing. Yeah. When you have the World Health Organization saying the anti-vaccine movement is growing 500% faster. Yes. Then, and we're losing ground. That, that um, our, our, our frontline physicians are losing faith in yeah. 
vaccine program. That is huge. So it's programs like this that I have to thank for allowing me to come on and, yeah. and sound the alarm and give me a voice because without you, I wouldn't reach your people. Right. And that's the whole thing. And, you know, I know it's controversial. I know it's controversial. You know, I didn't give birth to my children for them to get sick. When I gave them vaccinations in the 80s, there was stuff in it. And I'm sure that maybe some of the things that are systemic in them now are going to manifest, but nothing like what these poor kids have to go through now. And it's, it is, I'm sorry, it is downright irresponsible and criminal because they're doing it for pure profit. And we're looking at the, you know, the ecosystem and the, re the rejection against the ecosystem again is pure profit. When are we going to put people and planet before profit? And that's not going to happen unless we demand it. So just demand accountability, demand exposure. How did the cigarette company have to then reveal what was in a cigarette because of the pressure of the people? Absolutely. We have the power. We have the power. And we need to unite. We need to stand up. It isn't somebody else's problem. It isn't. Because this is a strain on all of us. Yeah. Whether you have a child or not, you're going to be paying for this some way, somehow down the road. So we need to hold that accountability. And it means that we need to open our eyes and we need to be aware. And even if you look at this, oh, I really don't believe her. Okay. All right. You don't believe us here today. Look at the research yourself. Exactly. Please go ahead, watch the videos, look at all the documents, look at your site with how much information you've got on there. This is you not writing it and going, this is my opinion. This is the research you've done over 25 years that you've put up there for other people to be educated on. What is that site, Lane, please, love? Childhoodshots.com. In fact, I was just updating some of my articles today. I try to keep up on it, but so childhoodshots.com is where you can get my DVD series. You can also get it on Kindle as a download. Um, um, my, my new book will be up there soon. Uh, I also have lots of articles that I've written about the immune system, uh, how to eat when you're pregnant, how to eat when you're nursing your baby, how to encourage a strong immune system in your children, how to rebuild the immune system. I have just a lot of articles out there yeah. that I feel are going to support people in making a better decision about their health. Right. And so um, childhoodshots.com, you can join me on Facebook. You have to like my page. It's basically Mary Toco, T-O-C-C-O. And um, just keep, keep tuned. Oh, oh, please, if you can financially support Del Bigtree and his group, it's ICanDecide.com, I-C-A-N. And they are the ones who are really making the biggest difference right now because, like I said, he produced the doctor's program. He produced Dr. Oz's program. He has credibility. He has a research team that are just exposing stuff like crazy. He can travel the world, and, and, and he's doing it. And I tell you right now, he's doing it with the most pure heart. Um, it's not like he's living some, like some, some fabulous life. This man is working his tail to the bone to try to expose everything that's going on. He's right. genuine. Right. And so we need to get behind him. And so I can, what's it? I can. I-C-A-N dot org. 
ICANN.org. Um, of course, all of these uh, links are here on these shows. I invite you yes. to go back and listen to the first show, look at the videos. Um, the next show as it's coming up will be on the immune system, how we can defend ourselves. Uh, but look, folks, mm -hmm. the time for just burying our head in the sand and saying, oh no, the politicians won't do any harm to us. You know, farmers won't do any harm to us. I'm sorry, that's just afraid not the case nowadays. They don't, a lot of the people out there aren't willingly doing harm, but they haven't been educated on what's in the vaccines. Mm. Um, all they're seeing is sickness and sickness coming through the door and they don't even know where it comes from. So sometimes it's up to us to educate them, which means that we have got to be willing to look at this knowledge for what it is, then base your decision. Please don't reject it as a, as a knee jerk. No. I beg you for your children's sake, for the future of humanity, Absolutely. to look at this and decide for yourself. Whether you are pro-vaccines or not, look at the data. Then decide, because that's all we can do for you. So, oh, I said this was the heavy show, and it is. Yes, yes. And it's, it's, yes. it's awful to think of how much they're knowingly putting out there, finding an excuse for it, but then putting it in a child all at the same time. You know, it is logical that their body is going to reject it and that we have so many other problems because of it. And sure. if we don't put a stop to it, they're just going to keep adding and adding and adding. So we really do have to stand up, folks, and be accountable. Your health is your choice. And the only way you're going to have a healthy life is if you decide what goes in it. And so that means you right. need to stand up and speak out. Okay. Yes. So come back uh, next week uh, for the next show on how to build your immune system, much lighter show. And you yes. know, whether you've ever been vaccinated or not, we all need a healthy immune system. Um, it doesn't matter how old you are. We're, we're facing mm -hmm. things today that we've never faced before. So many chemicals in our food, in our environment, in everything else. So the only defense you have is a healthy immune system. So let's get healthy because that's our first line of defense. Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you very much, Sarah. Have a good evening. And catch you next time, folks. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. To find many more shows of inspiration, please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com, podcasts, and you will see an array of shows to choose from. Please do visit our www discoveringcommunities.org and see what else that we have in store for you. Do enjoy our next show.